is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. Lots to cover. And as you know, we go deep here, not superficial stuff. Well, this is why I wait a little bit sometimes to see how things shake out with Claudine Gay. To see the reaction of the media of the phony civil rights movement, and of course the Democrat Party, the umbrella for all of it. And I just posted this on social media. Harvard's millionaire serial plagiarist and moral reprobate has become a media civil rights and Democrat Party hero overnight. Why? Not because she's a victim, in fact she's a victimizer but because she got to be president of Harvard by means of the American Marxist agenda. Notice these same Claudine Gay defenders are among the most vicious, hateful, and vile figures smearing Clarence Thomas, or any conservative minority. Gay is not qualified to be on any college faculty, let alone a president of a college, because plagiarism is about stealing another person's intellectual property, knowingly lying about it, and deceiving the entire college. But Gay will now get even wealthier with book deals, speeches, and all the rest. Playing the victim card and taking no responsibility for her contemptible behavior and her unconscionable responses, both before the House Education Committee and her inaction as Harvard's president, in the face of Jewish students receiving threats, attacks, and physical abuse. Depends on the context you see in which that occurs. This may be what the Democrats and their Marxist surrogates promote, but it is nothing more than a racist view of black people, and especially black women. That is, that they cannot compete and succeed without special privileges, and worse, cheating and lying. Indeed, Gay stole the intellectual property of at least one other black woman scholar, Carol Swain, who's furious about Gay's thievery of her work, 
And of course, that is never mentioned. And the media and so-called civil rights leaders could give a damn. Why? Because Swain is not only a brilliant intellectual, she's conservative. Even more, the American Marxists own our colleges and universities. They want no oversight, no transparency, no real academic freedom and free speech on these campuses. The campuses are the Marxist indoctrination mills the Democrat Party relies on. The schools from which the so-called journalists graduate. And home to the mobs that have taken over our streets. Rigorous academic standards have been slashed. Admissions policies have become left-wing ideological tests based on the American Marxist agenda. Asians are discriminated against. Other preferred so-called classes of people are preferred. Dorms and graduation ceremonies are segregated. Conservative speakers are threatened and victimized, often have to run for their lives. Gay with the backing from Barack Obama, who I bet had some input in her statement, was the perfect Harvard president. The perfect Harvard president for the hate America Marxist revolutionaries. And they will fight to the debt to protect these schools from any kind of reform, improvement, and accountability. You understand. Now, I've done shows on radio and on TV on on Joe Biden and his plagiarism at length. I'm not going to do it and bore you with it again. At length. If you really want to know what's going on, if you really want to know what's going on, I encourage those of you who have bought the Democrat Party Hates America, it's playing out exactly as I predicted, and read chapter 3. Read chapter 3. The old civil rights movement is dead. The idea of equal opportunity and equal justice doesn't matter anymore. Because equal opportunity, equal justice under the law, well, from a constitutional legal perspective, it's been achieved. There is no systemic judicial inequality unless of course you believe the courts are corrupt and filled with racists unless of course you believe the department of justice is filled with racists unless of course you believe that all these DAs in minority communities in the cities are racists unless you believe all these juries in our cities and metropolitan areas are racists But the Democrat Party is not about logic. They could care less about hypocrisy. It's about power. It's autocratic. So they'll circle the Ragnans around gay because she serves their purpose. The Associated Press is the largest press operation in the world because of its wire service. It is a contemptible, unconscionable, Rat's nest of bigots, racists, and anti-Semites. They wrote a piece today and sent it out to thousands of its subscribers, its media subscribers, every media platform, basically. Making the most horrendous arguments 
on behalf of gay and against those who challenged her. Politico, which is really the, the bastard child of the Washington Post. This was a win for conservatives, don't you know? Well, you know what? I wear that proudly. I wear that proudly. We conservatives oppose anti-Semitism. We conservatives oppose plagiarism. We conservatives oppose the segregation of students based on their identity. We oppose CRT. We oppose DEI and all the other crap that's being imposed on our children and on our society. We conservatives want to conserve our Constitution. We believe in the Declaration and that each individual, each individual is valuable because of the individual. A God-given right to each individual. Free will. And we conservatives will stand up against this American Marxist revolution. So understand what's taking place, America. And they all dance on stage like the Rockettes. The Rockettes. Oh, leg up, this leg, that leg, ass back, ass foot. Yeah, they're the Rockettes. Except they're ugly. The media, the Democrat Party, the phony civil rights movement, which is really now a Marxist movement. It's what it is. Civil rights movement isn't about advancing the cause of black people. It's about advancing the cause of Marxism. Just like the rest of the Democrat Party. American Marxism. May have heard of that. The same people who are trying to destroy and have for decades Clarence Thomas promote this woman, Claudine Gay. Why? Because she is the quintessential result of their ideological advancement. And honestly, Barack Obama, in many ways you are too. That's why you have an affinity for her. That's why you lobbied on her behalf to defend her. That's why your invisible hand is behind much of what's taking place. I mean, you had an accomplished crap by the time you were a senator and then a president. But you're celebrated. Why? Did you do something great? No, you did a lot of things that were terrible. You weren't even a good president. You weren't even a good president for the black community. What the hell did you do for the black community? Donald Trump did more for the black community than you ever did. It's the truth. So if you support people who steal not just words but entire paragraphs from another person who wrote it and then lie about it and then get advanced as a result of it. Become president of Harvard as a consequence of it. Then you're a perfect Democrat. And by the way, Al Sharpton, nobody needs a lecture from you, you a-hole. Nobody. About race or about anything else. 
You're a moron. But it is fitting that he is a sort of character witness for Ms. Gay, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's very fitting. These leftists, these Marxists, these Democrats, the media, think about what they're saying, as I pointed out in this post. Think about what they're saying to black people. To young black people, to young black women in particular. You should defend this kind of conduct. Because if an individual cheats and lies and steals the intellectual property of somebody else, because if an individual has hypocritically and unconscionably punished other people for doing exactly the same thing, said it depends on the context when you're harassing and victimizing and threatening and abusing Jewish students. It depends on the context. Understand that the entire Democrat Party apparatus supports it. Supports it. This is how you get ahead. This is how you get ahead in Joe Biden's America, in Barack Obama's America, in Al Sharpton's America, in Jake Ta- I told you Jake Tapper's an, an a-hole, in Jake Tapper's America. This is how you get, get away with it. They are the racists. They are the racists. And what kind of message does former President Gay who's a millionaire, a millionaire. She's not going to lose a penny. She's not going to be fired. She's not thrown to the streets. How does she celebrate? What kind of message does she send? To little black girls, or to all girls, or to all kids. It's all right to cheat. It's all right to scam. It's all right to be a fraud and a phony. It's all right to sit silently while your fellow human beings are being threatened. It's okay. That's the standard at Harvard College. That's the standard at CNN and Jake Tapper's journalism, and the rest of the media. Joy Reid is the ideological and philosophical queen of this movement. With her bloodthirsty hate and racism and anti-Semitism. And she's given a platform by Comcast to spew it every single day. And of course, the lesson is for academia and everybody else never ever fire somebody of Ms. Gay's ideological ilk, or you'll pay a price for it. Don't you dare, dare challenge what's going on in our colleges and universities. We will not permit it. 
That's what's going on. Chapter 3, the Democrat Party hates America. Now I want to move on to Joe Biden and what's about to happen there. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now we talked about this for a long time over the years. The Democrats create a reality that's not a reality. I've spent a lot of time talking about how they, and I've written a lot about this, how they have tried to characterize Donald Trump as Adolf Hitler or Joseph Stalin and others. Joe Biden wants a presidential election where Donald Trump is Adolf Hitler and he's George Washington. He wants an election of Adolf Hitler versus George Washington. Now first, let me comment on a more minor point. All these people who say that Joe Biden's not running are wrong. That doesn't mean in the end he'll be the nominee. A lot can happen, but he's running. That's his intention. But I need you to stick with me on this. I want to build on what I've said in the past. They want this election to be Adolf Hitler versus George Washington. Suddenly they like George Washington. So I need to unravel this. We'll be right back. The liberals and the Republicans don't like him. But America does. You can call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811. So Joe Biden, he's a hateful SOB. I've told you before, he's nothing but a, a street hack politician who will say anything, do anything for power and so forth. It's really quite repulsive as far as I'm concerned. Now... He's going to run a campaign on January 6th. I believe he's going to Valley Forge. It's very interesting. We have real things going on in this country. He couldn't go to that massive rally in Washington, D.C. against Hamas and pro-Israel. He was too busy. Too busy to go to a town that was horribly hit by a toxic leak. Palestine, Ohio, too busy for that. Too busy to take a real REAL tour of the southern border. Doesn't want to see what's going on there. And the list goes on. But Joe, Joe fancies himself a civil rights leader. Fancies himself a civil rights leader. And so Joe is going to go to Valley Forge. Now, I find this very strange indeed. Washington Examiner, Biden team tries to make 2024 contest about anyone but president. Breitbart, Biden to observe January 6th with speech at Valley Forge. AP, 
Biden's kicking off 2024 by delving into some of the country's darkest moments. National Review. Biden campaign plans to double down on, quote, defending democracy pitch in 2024. Now, the problem is that you're the smartest audience of audiences. So you're going to understand what we discuss here. But there's a lot of people for whom lies, fear-mongering, work. Work. Joe Biden is the least qualified individual to go to these places and talk up democracy. Now, by democracy, I mean constitutional republicanism, but we'll use the word democracy because that's what they're throwing around. Of course, we're not a democracy, and the framers didn't want anything to do with a democracy. Democracies turn into mobocracies. Read the Declaration of Independence. It explains right there why we're not a democracy. You have unalienable rights. That's why I reject the whole notion of populism. Populism is more like democracy. It's called Americanism. That is constitutionalism slash republicanism. But that for another day. So Biden's going to go to Valley Forge on January 6th to remind us of the insurrection that took place on January 6th, you see. It's a strange thing, don't you think? Joe Biden and his regime, populated by Obama Marxists, have done and continue to do everything humanly possible to destroy our heritage, to destroy our history. His party wants nothing to do with George Washington. His party embraces the 1619 Project. His party embraces critical race theory. His party attacks real American history. His party dismisses the men who fought the Revolutionary War and the men who established our country and our government as slaveholders as segregationists, as racists. All you have to do is watch MSNBC or CNN. The New York Times launched the 1619 Project. CRT is in 40-50% of our public school systems. That's the Democrat Party. But then, he's going to go to Valley Forge. I've been to Valley Forge many times as a young man, as a young child. My family was steeped in history. In fact, my parents owned a nursery school and a day camp in the summer. And every year we would take a trip to Valley Forge. And every year we would hear the history of Valley Forge. The same Democrat Party that is destroyed. Monticello, the home of Jefferson. With propaganda on the left. The home of Madison with propaganda on the left. Washington's home is protected because it's in a trust. It's not run by the federal government. Joe Biden despises America. 
That's why he signed all those executive orders early on. That's why he's promoting equity. Equity, that is Marxism, and everything he does. Joe Biden talks on and on about America being a racist society. Joe Biden is an ambulance chaser. Whenever there is a horrific event, he runs to that event, especially if he can racialize it. Like he did on that one occasion, I think it was in and around Atlanta, where a number of Asian women were slaughtered, murdered. But the mass murder wasn't about bigotry, it was about prostitution and so forth. Turns out that they didn't stop Joe and Jill. Or Kamala, who was celebrating Kwanzaa before Kwanzaa even was established. Everybody's in for the revolution. As Joe Biden launches this grotesque campaign where he wants to label his opponents, basically, that is, the vast majority of Republicans and conservatives as people who oppose this country and its founding, when in fact we're the ones who support it and defend it. But he knows he has a media that will regurgitate everything he believes. They are members of the same party. They have the same ideology. They went to the same schools. Joe Biden is the most racist president we've had since Woodrow Wilson. Another Democrat. Now why do I say that? I wrote a whole damn chapter on this. All the evidence is there, and unlike President Gay, I have all the end notes there. You can check the sources all you want. They're accurate. That's why all my books have hundreds and hundreds of end notes in the back. That's what you're... Maybe I can... Hey, maybe I can be the president of Harvard, Mr. Producer. Where do I apply? Excuse me. It won't work. I'm Jewish, male, and I'm straight. That won't happen. Never mind. But that said, one of Joe Biden's closest friends when he first came to the U.S. Senate was John Eastland. Most of you don't know who John Eastland was or is. John Eastland was a racist and a segregationist. He came out of Mississippi, old school. And he was in the Senate for decades. At one point, he was the president of the Senate. The junior senator from Mississippi, who got elected like two years after him, also served decades in the Senate, John Stennis. Also a racist and a segregationist. Both of them filibustered the 1964 Civil Rights Act, as did, of course, Robert Byrd. Both of them opposed every single civil rights legislation that ever came to the floor of the Senate. Joe Biden befriended both of them. Maybe Charlemagne, the God, pay attention to this. He's not sold on Biden anyway, but he needs to understand the history. Joe Biden came out of Wilmington, Delaware. 
He likes to say he came out of Scranton. Yeah, when he was five years old. In other words, he wasn't a man who was born into this milieu at the time. But he wanted to appeal to certain Democrats in the state of Delaware. Because Delaware during the Civil War was kind of split. And he needed the votes of those in 1972, half a century ago, in parts of rural Delaware, who were of this mindset. So he tried to walk a fine line, but he never did walk that fine line. He stepped over it. And he befriended East Eastland, he befriended Stennis. He spoke highly of George Wallace. One biographer wrote in an essay that Joe Biden didn't just go along with these racists. He participated as a full partner in their efforts to block the integration of our public school systems. In our communities, which of course, if you listen to Hannity, you will know by now, he said would turn into a jungle. He didn't want his kids to go to a jungle. He said other things, did other things, as a senator. He's lied about his civil rights record. He has no civil rights record. Zero. He could be president of Harvard, too, actually. Because he's a liar and a plagiarist. And he's dumb as hell. Maybe that's why Obama picked him. And so now this man, who first earned his, his reputation as one of the good old boys, this man now is going to travel the country. Suddenly he's got energy. He's got a second win. And he's going to go to these places. Valley Forge. He's going to go to these places. Where horrific things happened. And exceptional things happened. And place himself on the side of the angels. And place Donald Trump on the side of the devil. Joe Biden is a despicable, a despicable liar. It is frightening that a man with his low IQ, complete lack of morality and character, could wind up in the Oval Office. But there he is. And this effort to take out Trump by any means possible, by Biden, by his regime and his operatives, by his media, by his party, and by his front groups and his billionaires, is an assault on our system. Nothing like this has ever happened before. Nothing in this country. And so now Joe Biden wants to be George Washington there at Valley Forge. 
two years ago, he wanted nothing to do with George Washington. Or the men who founded America. Were the men who wrote, adopted, and ratified the Constitution. He wanted nothing to do with them. And there he is. He's going to be at Valley Forge. What next? Gettysburg? He demeans us. He demeans our country. He's a disgrace. And he and his people are running a campaign like this because he's done horrible things to our country. He's destroyed energy independence. What's going on on the border is an act of betrayal. An act of betrayal to the American people. He's destroying our society. He's destroyed women's sports. He's contributing to destruction of our colleges and K-12 schools. He's destroying the value of our dollar, our economic system. Or they can point the government-created statistics all they want. They mean nothing to me. They're destroying our military the way they've destroyed our police forces. And they've turned the entire power and resources of the federal judiciary, the federal justice system against his opponent. More when I return. Mark Levin. In 1975, then-Senator Joe Biden told the radical left-wing Philadelphia Inquirer that the Democrat Party could, quote, stand a liberal George Wallace, someone who's not afraid to stand up and offend people, unquote. That same year, Biden called the concept of desegregation of our public schools, quote, rejection of the whole movement of black pride. Really? Really? Two years later, in 1977, Biden said that non-orderly racial integration would cause his kids to grow up in a racial jungle. Ladies and gentlemen, he's a big boy by 1977. He fostered a close relationship with racist politicians like James Eastland and John Stennis of Mississippi. And he went so far as to praise Stennis, who signed the Southern Manifesto of 1956. Opposing racial integration of, quote, public spaces. And he praised Stennis on the Senate floor in 1988. Of course, all of this will escape scrutiny. I mean, there's tons of His slobbering praise of Robert Byrd, who also filibustered the 1964 Act. More when I return. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... 
deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Welcome back, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, So the court has released over 1,000 pages in the Jeffrey Epstein matter. We do not have a list of names yet. As soon as we do, we will tell you about it. Remember what I said? I'm not going to hype the fact of a list, but we will talk about the substance of the list once there is a list. So we marshal on. Earl Lewis is a CNN analyst. And he basically gives the game away. Does Earl Lewis. Cut 17, go. This is something that a certain kind of politician has used for a long, long time. That you can, in fact, run on resentment and grievance and fear and anger. Um, uh, uh, At the same time, though, I have to say, I mean, one reason that they have to hype it up so much is that in the end, people really vote their pocketbooks. You know, I mean, it's an abstraction to say if if this, then that, and we could lose our country. Yes, that's true. Even but, after January 6th, you're saying this. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Listen, on January 7th, people still had to buy gas. They still had to buy groceries. That's now, isn't that interesting. They, the uh, so-called reporter Cornish, CNN. Sounds like a newbie, Cornish. Like a Cornish, what are they, Cornish hens or something? Anyway, uh, so there's even after January 6th, you see, these media people don't have to struggle for anything. The bureaucrats just got a, almost a 5.5% increase. That's on top of bonuses. That's on top of step increases, a GS this to a GS that to an SES. See, I know the whole system. That's on top of seniority. There's four different ways you can get an increase, and often all the ways. If you work in the federal government, you're in the private sector, there's just no guarantee. Quite the opposite. So the media are going to keep pushing this, and I remind you of a few things. The media do not represent middle America. They do not represent most of America. Most of them don't come from middle America. Most of them have gone to various colleges and universities. They have the same mindset. But I want to read something to you to remind you that when Joe Biden goes around pretending to be the defender of democracy, the defender of the Constitution. We have spent many years fighting the Democrats who've been trying to destroy the Constitution. Convention of states even came about in order to restore specific areas of the Constitution. The Democrats go to the courts all the time to destroy and dismantle the Constitution. They're doing it with the 14th Amendment and Section 3 right now. And when there is a government shutdown, as there must be, given what's taking place on the border and the debt, as there must be, they'll turn to the 14th Amendment again and they'll tell you that Biden has the power, unilaterally, to raise taxes, to raise the debt, to borrow money, to spend, and all the rest. Let's begin. If your purpose, as I wrote in The Democrat Party Hates America, you don't have to buy a copy. I'm reading it to you. I would encourage you to take a look at it, but if you don't want to, listen up. If your purpose is to fundamentally transform America, then your purpose must also be to destroy constitutional republicanism. 
So the Constitution has to go, either all at once or by parts. And that is exactly what the Democrat Party and its revolutionary partners have in mind. In fact, Biden and his party are endlessly and relentlessly looking for ways to bypass the Constitution's obstacles to centralized power. And their propaganda aimed at condemning Republican institutions has grown increasingly shrill, unhinged, and deceitful. In the past, the Democrat Party and its academicians insisted that the Constitution actually embodied their ideological agenda and compelled the outcomes they demanded. They celebrated judges and justices who abused judicial review and practiced judicial activism. Today, they make open their disdain for the Constitution and no longer seek to disguise their true intentions. For example, radical leftists Ruth Kolker, professor at Moritz College of Law, the Ohio State University, is illustrative of this modern assault on the Constitution itself. Key to this attack is to try to link the Constitution to slavery. She writes in the opening salvo of her essay titled The White Supremacist Constitution. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, oh, Biden has been em- embracing this white supremacist Constitution stuff throughout his presidency. She says, the United States Constitution is a document that during every era has helped further white supremacy. This is a white woman, by the way. White supremacy constitutes a political, economic, and cultural system in which whites overwhelmingly control power and material resources. Conscious and unconscious ideas, I always love that, of white supremacy and entitlement are widespread, and relations of white dominance and non-white subordination are daily reenacted across a broad array of institutions and social settings. Does that sound like somebody supports our country? This is the modern Democrat Party. And Biden's going to go to Valley Forge? Tell me, is he going to go to Valley Forge and denounce George Washington as a slave owner? Is that what he's going to do? No. Rather than understand the Constitution, she writes, as a force for progressive structural change, we should understand it as a barrier to change. From inception, she wrote, the Constitution enshrined slavery. No, it didn't. And the degradation of black people by considering them to be property rather than equal members of the community. The Civil War Amendments did not truly abolish slavery and only prohibited a limited ban on state action. Radical Reconstruction was short-lived as... White supremacy quickly eviscerated any political gains that black voters had achieved. The Supreme Court has interpreted the Civil War amendments consistently with their white supremacist roots. Rather than serve as an effective instrument to help eradicate the the badges, incidents, and vestiges of slavery, the Constitution has become a tool both to ban voluntary race affirmative measures at the federal, state, and local government levels and also to preclude Congress from enacting strong abolitionist measures, and she means affirmative action. The court has enshrined the views of Andrew Johnson, a fierce proponent of white supremacy, into its structure. I said, this is the kind of anti-American racist claptrap that passes for constitutional scholarship these days. Folks, if you don't have this book for this election, I'm serious. This is chapter and verse. Fifteen bucks at Amazon, seriously. Eli Mistel, you've seen this clown frequently on cable TV. He's a professor. Another extreme leftist and correspondent, I should say, 
for the radical magazine The Nation, is a frequent guest on MSNBC, and author of a book, Allow Me to Retort, A Black Guy's Guide to the Constitution. And like Colker, he declares that the United States has always and always has been a corrupt society. <clears throat> and the Constitution is nothing but an accumulation of demands of immoral white people enshrined in a document and imposed on the nation. And during his media tour promoting his book, he, de- he declared on ABC's roundly ridiculed View television show for reprobates, the Constitution is kind of trash, he says. Let's just talk as adults for a second. And he went on, it was written by slavers and colonists and white people who were willing to make deals with slavers and colonists. They didn't ask anybody who looked like me what they thought about the Constitution. This document was written without the consent of black and brown people in this country and without the consent of women in this country. And I say, if that is the starting point, the very least we can do is ignore what those slavers and colonists and misogynists thought and interpret the Constitution in a way that makes sense for our modern world. These are Biden supporters. These are Biden voters. This is the Democrat Party. And his deranged rantings are typical of the guest book by the Democrat Party media. Of course, among Mistel's improvements to the Constitution were, quote, no states' rights when it comes to health care elections, policing, and guns. I'm quoting him. That's just better, unquote. For Mistel, therefore, interpreting, quote-unquote, the Constitution is simply a practical and cynical way to destroy it. For he and his fellow anti-American ideologues to impose their political and economic will on the rest of us. It's all true. Now here's what Biden will not say. Former law professor Robert Nadelson, now of the Independent Institute, explains to begin with the dominant view among the founders was that slavery was absolutely not fine. The prevailing view was that slavery violated natural law and was doomed to extinction. Indeed, by 1787, several states had begun the journey toward abolition. Nor did the Constitution create or mandate slavery or racial discrimination. There were creations of state law, and they varied from state to state. The founders were forced to accept that situation to prevent America from fracturing into a multitude of nations constantly at war with each other, as in Europe. Also false is the common claim that slaveholders adopted the Constitution. Of the public that ratified it, only a small percentage owned slaves. Perhaps as many slaveholders opposed the Constitution as favored it. In at least five states, the ratifying electorate included free African Americans. Interesting how many of those who insist that all our history must be taught when promoting the non-historical CRT, I write, refuse to do just that as they relentlessly smear this country, and that would be Biden. Don't forget what Biden has said about this country right up to this point. Where now he's pretending he's George Washington. The perversely named American Constitution Society, whose president is former radical Democrat Wisconsin Senator Russ Feingold, held a conference titled Founding Failures, reckoning with our Constitution's generational impacts on health and well-being. So they trashed the Constitution from one side to the other. Why? doesn't push a socialist, economic, and a Marxist cultural agenda. The party directly responsible for slavery, segregation, and racism, of course, and their perpetuation is the Democrat Party, which the American Marxists are aligned with as members and advocates. 
Bernie Sanders is a democratic socialist, yet he caucuses with the Senate Democrats and has run more than once for the presidential nomination of the Democrat Party, nearly winning it. AOC is part of a group called Democratic Socialists of America. Many of them are. She associates with the Democrat Party. Old-time Marxist Francis Fox Pivot still plays a major role in recruiting, training, and promoting fellow Marxists who work within the Democrat Party. And it goes on. The Democrat Party is developed into the political home of the various American Marxist movements. They're not really repulsed by America's past, or more accurately, their own past. The Democrat Party's past. As to former, as to forever condemn the Democrat Party and refuse any association with it, they ignore or downplay its links to the Ku Klux Klan, white supremacists, neo-Nazis, lynchings, etc., Instead, they target and blame the entire society. I'm giving you this for a reason, because they're doing it again. Biden versus Trump. Maybe they read this chapter in my book. To underscore the point, the American Marxists are supportive of the Democrat Party's modern-day promotion of economic socialism, cultural Marxism, and anti-Americanism. And in truth, their contempt for the Constitution and its routine condemnation. It's not so much because of some of the framers' biographies but because the Constitution's firewalls remain an impediment to, or at least slow, their revolutionary aims and the speed with <coughs> which they seek to make them. Very important to understand this. Like Professor Nadelson, assistant professor at Hillsdale College, Dr. David Azarod, makes a good and succinct defense of the framers of the Constitution. See, we're the ones defending the Constitution, the Declaration, the founding, and the framers. The argument, he writes, that the Constitution is racist suffers from one fatal flaw. The concept of race does not exist in the Constitution. Nowhere in the Constitution, or in the Declaration of Independence for that matter, are human beings classified according to race, skin color, ethnicity. Nor one should add sex, religion, or any other of the Democrat Party's favorite groupings. Our founding principles are colorblind, although our history regrettably has not been. The Constitution speaks of people, citizens, persons, other persons. A euphemism for slaves. And Indians, not taxed. In which case, it is their tax-exempt status and not their skin color that matters. <clears throat> the first references to race and color occur in the 15th Amendment's guarantee of the right to vote for the newly freed slaves, ratified in 1870. Azarod points out that the infamous Three-Fifths Clause, and I've written about this at length, including in my first book. Which more nonsense has been written than any other clause does not declare that a black person is worth 60% of a white person. It says that for purposes of determining the number of representatives for each state in the House, the government would count only three-fifths of the slaves, and not all of them, as the southern states who wanted to gain more seats had insisted. You couldn't allow the southern states to say on the one hand, well, these black people are not really people, they're property. But then on the other hand, for purposes of representation in the House of Representatives, we want to count them as people. So it was the northerners who said, no, 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 no. We'll count them as three-fifths for purposes of representation. But of course, the reprobates twist that. The 60,000 or so free blacks in the north and the south were counted on par with whites. The Constitution defers to the states to determine who shall be eligible to vote. 
It's a little-known fact of American history that black citizens were voting in perhaps as many as 10 states. Nadelson thinks five, but 10. At the time of the founding, the precise number is unclear, but only Georgia, South Carolina, and Virginia explicitly restricted suffrage to whites. In addition, he says, because the Constitution does not explicitly recognize slavery and does not therefore admit that slaves were property, all the protections it affords to persons could be applied to slaves. Any one of these provisions in the hands of abolition statesmen, backed up by a right moral sentiment, will put an end to slavery in America. It was Frederick Douglass who said, it is true that the Constitution of 1787 failed to abolish slavery. The convention was convened not to freeze the slaves, but to amend the Articles of Confederation. Here's what Douglas said. A chart is one thing. The course of a vessel is another. The Constitution may be right, even if those in government are wrong. And he gave a fierce speech condemning slavery and endorsing abolition and strongly defended the Constitution of the United States, Frederick Douglass. That's our little history lesson, but I want to take it from there when we return. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Traveling for the holidays? Pure Talk has you covered. Because they just added international roaming to over 30 countries. That's right. Whether you're making calls from the Vatican or on a beach in the Bahamas, you're covered. From the steps of Buckingham Palace or your villa in Santorini, you dial away. And here's the best part. There is no rate increase. Pure Talk still saves the average family almost $1,000 a year with plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. And they put you on America's most dependable 5G network. So the coverage is second to none. So don't delay, folks. Switch to Pure Talk, a veteran-owned wireless company with simply the best U.S. customer service team. Now with international roaming to over 30 countries. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin, that's puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-M, to make the switch, and you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's big. That's puretalk.com slash Levin to start saving on wireless right now. Well, the Epstein files have been unsealed. Some outlets have the documents, but the site itself has crashed. And uh, we see this. One individual writes, what is his name? Technofog. We start with Bill Clinton, John Doe, number 36, whose deposition was essential to provide information on his relationship with Maxwell and Epstein. Testimony from one witness. This is what's there. Did Jeffrey ever talk to you about Bill Clinton? He said one time that Clinton likes them young, referring to girls. Let me back up. Do you know if Bill Clinton was a friend of Jeffrey Epstein? I knew he had dealings with Bill Clinton. I did not know they were friends until I read the Vanity Fair article about them going to Africa together. And it says, did Jeffrey ever talk to you about Bill Clinton? He said one time that Clinton likes them young, referring to girls. Kind of like Biden, you know, Mr. Producer? It's with these guys. They're grotesque. I'll be right back. Traveling for the holidays? Pure Talk has you covered. Because they just added international roaming to over 30 countries. That's right. Whether you're making calls from the Vatican or on a beach in the Bahamas, you're covered. From the steps of Buckingham Palace or your villa in Santorini, you dial away. And here's the best part. There is no rate increase. 
Pure Talk still saves the average family almost $1,000 a year with plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. And they put you on America's most dependable 5G network. So the coverage is second to none. So don't delay, folks. Switch to Pure Talk, a veteran-owned wireless company with simply the best U.S. customer service team. Now with international roaming to over 30 countries. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin. That's puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-M to make the switch. And you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's big. That's puretalk.com slash Levin to start saving on wireless right now. The establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. That's all we have so far from the uh, document drop. I wonder what Hillary is going to think of all this. The media will find some way to blame Donald Trump. Apparently Donald Trump was extremely helpful with the litigants on their behalf in this case. But don't worry, they'll find a way. I mean, if they're going to call him Hitler. So Joe Biden, who has a long history as a racist and a segregationist, even Kamala Harris knows that. Remember during the debate, Mr. Producer, how she undressed him, may I say that? It's a very bad thought, but nonetheless... I have a theory on why they picked her as his running mate. Really had nothing to do with her skin color, her background. I really believe it. Because she said some damnable things about him and they wanted to shut her up. The best way to shut her up, because she's a loose cannon, was to make her vice president and then give her absolutely nothing to do. And by giving her nothing to do, she's essentially destroyed herself because she's an idiot. She lies too. She says the dumbest damn things. She's celebrating Kwanzaa. We did all through my youth. No, no, you didn't. I remember when they kept talking about her as an African-American. Remember, remember this controversy, Mr. Reducer? I said she's not an African-American. One parent is Jamaican and one parent is from India. Remember how they went back like 125 years, Mr. Bidoof? Maybe it was 150. Wait, 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 wait a minute, you racist. Wait a minute. I said, what? What are you talking about? She said, way back when? Oh, yes. There was an individual from the continent of Africa. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But she's not an African-American. How dare you say that? There are Jews that are self-haters. Oh, you must be an anti-Semite. No, I, I, I see what I see, and I say what I see. There's no question about it. Soros, Chomsky, uh, people throughout MSNBC and CNN and the uh, reprobates at the New York Slimes. Look, the New York Slimes was owned by a Jewish family, and they covered up the Holocaust. Oh, I see. Don't say things like that. So I say them, I say them here, I say them on Fox, and I write books about them. But if you really want to understand what's going on, it's the last book. It's The Democrat Party Hates America, and it is literally, I decided to write this book, decided to put the title on it. Look, it's well past its release. I'm just making the point for people who really care about this. And to lay it out, and it's happening like clockwork. 
chapter after on immigration, the entire chapter on immigration. Tells you exactly what they're doing and why they're doing that. This is a push again in our colleges and universities. I mean, honestly, there's never been a book written. Like, who writes a book? I'm turning to the chapters now. Just, just so you folks, I mean, I, I have three hours here, but, you know, I can't read an entire book, too. Oh, that would be monotonous. There's no question about that, but you can read it. The Democrat Party and authoritarianism. He's out there talking about democracy. But I prove they don't believe in that. Chapter 2, anti-black racism and anti-Semitism. Man, I hit that out of the park. Chapter 3, anti-white racism and anti-Semitism. Killer. Language control and thought control. You see it happening every single damn day. War on the American citizen. One of the biggest chapters, chapter 5 on immigration. What is it that they're trying to do and why are they doing it and who's behind it? We're on the nuclear family. That's right. Transgenderism and all the rest of it. Police state tactics used against parents. War on the Constitution. And then the last chapter, I wrote literally three weeks before this book was due at the publisher. Stalin would be proud on the things that they're doing to Trump. This is the compendium. This is the compendium. This is the reference guide. I say that because I want us to win. I say that because I want us to spread the word. They're now in full attack mode. Whether it's the border, whether it's race, whether it's anti-Semitism, whether it's the media academia, and whether it's Joe Biden. This is an autocratic entity. It's not your normal political party, the Democrat Party. They will do anything. They will say anything. They'll put a candidate in prison, a former president. They don't care. As they now wave around the Constitution. Remember yesterday when I came back? All energetic, as I am right now. I told you the four main things they need to run on. To expose Biden. And what was the fifth thing I said that goes in the other column? Patriotism. Joe Biden's trying to steal patriotism as an issue. He's trying to steal mourning in America as an issue. Those are our issues. Joe Biden's not a patriot. He doesn't believe in mourning in America. Unless it's M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. That's the kind of mourning he believes in. He has spent three years of his presidency trashing our country, trashing our history, embracing radical reprobate Marxists in his own party. There's quote after quote of the things he has said. There's point after point of his actions and inactions and what he's done to this country. He cannot run on any of this. And why is that? Because he's imposed these things on the American people by judicial, excuse me, by executive fiat. He's imposed these things on the American people by regulation. Democracy, he says he believes in. You don't get to choose what kind of car you want. Democracy, he says he believes in. You don't get to choose the kind of stove you want. Democracy, he says he believes in. He wants to eliminate single-family homes. Democracy, he says he believes in. How? 
They don't even believe in restrictions on voting. Restrictions on voting, Mark. Everybody should vote. No, everybody doesn't get the vote. Only people who have a legal right to vote have a right to vote. Yes, Joe Biden believes in democracy. And yet he uses tyranny. And notice... And I'm among the first to bring this up. They keep using the word democracy. Now, I'm using it to describe what they're saying. So please understand. They never talk about constitutionalism or small-r republicanism because they don't believe in it. They believe in two things that are a threat to this republic and the Constitution, and the framers knew it. Mobocracy and centralized tyranny. And they use them both. As the Marxists do. They use the mob. And they use the mob because they're stupid. Because they've been brainwashed. They're true believers. They use the mob in order to seize centralized authority. They do the same thing in Israel, by the way, on the left. They do the same thing in Europe on the left. This is what they're doing now. And so what Biden wants to do is he wants to paint Trump as a devil figure. He's Hitler. We're going to go for Hitler now. Which should offend every single one of you. Imagine being a Holocaust survivor and listening to that S. Imagine living in the United States of America, already experienced four great years under Donald Trump. And you hear that he's Hitler. And you have numbers tattooed on your arm, burned into your skin. Having been at one of these death camps. Imagine what they think. Hearing these pigs, these slobs, these overpaid, overfed pukes on TV, on MSNBC and CNN using Hitler to describe the most pro-Jewish, pro-Israel president in modern American history. Perhaps in American history. Imagine. But they don't care. I told you, you've got to always look at this through their aims, which is power. That's the bottom line, power. By hook or by crook, power. It's anti-black racism one century. It's anti-white racism the next century. It's anti-Jewish admissions at Harvard one century. It's anti-Asian admissions at Harvard the next century. It's slavery 150 years ago. It's segregation thereafter, and it's segregation again today. Just a different type of segregation. The Democrat Party hates the country. And they're not going to let somebody like Donald Trump get in the way. So they're trying to destroy his business. They're trying to take his... Take his entire career away from him. All the things he built in New York. Beautiful, fantastic. They want to destroy his business with a phony statute that's never been used against anybody else because it's so outrageous. They have a clown show of a judge there who's a local Democrat punk with his law clerk who does all the thinking for him and Letitia James is a Marxist hack 
dumb as a doorknob, but a radical. That's all that matters. Speak to me again, Mr. Producer. All right. You got the same thing going on in Atlanta. A hardcore radical Democrat prosecutor, his father was part of the Black Panthers. Oh, that's objective. And of course, you got this Stalinist-like operation going on out of the United States Department of Injustice. And that fat slob, and I say this with all due respect and compassion, because in order to be a member of Fatties United, you need to be a fat slob, and I have given Chris Christie the highest award, the Fat Slob Award from Fatties United, or FU. And I want you to hear what he says about all this later. And he's good, because Peggy Noonan likes him. Oh, yeah, very Reaganist, this guy. is really something else. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Traveling for the holidays? Pure Talk has you covered because they just added international roaming to over 30 countries. That's right. Whether you're making calls from the Vatican or on a beach in the Bahamas, you're covered. From the steps of Buckingham Palace or your villa in Santorini, you dial away. And here's the best part. There is no rate increase. Pure Talk still saves the average family almost $1,000 a year with plans starting at just 20 bucks a month. And... They put you on America's most dependable 5G network. So the coverage is second to none. So don't delay, folks. Switch to Pure Talk, a veteran-owned wireless company with simply the best U.S. customer service team. Now with international roaming to over 30 countries. Go to puretalk.com slash Levin. That's puretalk.com slash L-E-V-I-M to make the switch. And you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. That's big. That's puretalk.com slash Levin to start saving on wireless right now. A little bit more is coming out now. Transcript testimony. Did you ever see Donald Trump at Jeffrey's home? Not that I can remember. We don't know who this witness is, but must be somebody serious. On his island? No, not that I can remember. In New Mexico? No, not that I can remember. In New York? Not that I can remember. Remember they were trying to tie Donald Trump to all this stuff? They always try this crap. It never pans out. They don't apologize, and they, then they try something else. Every damn time, Mr. Producer. References to former President Trump. And an increased corresponding to ma- massages you were giving to guests, correct? Yes, massages meant sex. Did any of the guests for whom you had gave a massage mention that they expected something sexual? No. Did they ask you to engage in sexual contact and you refused? Objection. Witness? No. And then I'll say, Donald Trump? No. Did you ever massage Donald Trump? No. I have to ask, did you ever have sex with Alan Dershowitz in the back of a limousine with Virginia and Jeffrey present? Absolutely not. So they've tried to smear Trump. They've tried to smear Dershowitz. I always knew Dershowitz was innocent. You know how I knew? When you get angry and you counter sue and you are out there barking away 
at something like this, as opposed to this Prince Andrew hiding out in England. We'll see about him, but uh, time will tell. So Joe Biden, Joe Biden is the man least able to speak about democracy. First of all, speak about anything. So these will be speeches that are These speeches are written for the media. They're written for the print media, broadcast media. They're written to push an agenda. You've already seen it over the last few months. Well, now it's going to really heat up. I'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number. And I will take some calls. 877-381-3811-877-381-3811. Breitbart, Chinese state media fret over rise of far-right politics of 2024. Here's my question, America. Is the genocidal Communist Party leader Xi, is he repeating what Biden and the Democrats and our media say, or are they repeating what he says? You see, the American Marxists hate conservatives, and the full-blown Marxists in Communist China, they hate conservatives, too. Yes, it's the way it goes. Let's see here. Hold on a second, America. Hold on. Hold on, uh, Mr. Producer. You sent it to me, and I lost it. I got stacks of. Send me that Wall Street Journal article again, if you if you don't mind. I want to uh, I want to read from this because I think it's quite important. And uh, by the way, this whole debate about this hospital in Gaza. Even some of the media now have to admit that it was kind of a hospital, but it was the headquarters of Hamas. They hid weapons in every closet, under every bed. They had a massive tunnel system, of which this hospital was the central part of it. Most of the staff, that is management, were Hamas. The hospital director was a Hamas terrorist. And that's why Jake Tapper doesn't talk about it anymore. That's why Andrea Mitchell doesn't talk about it anymore. 
That's why they don't talk about it on MSLSD and the Communist News Network. Because they look like damn fools. There's a great piece in the Wall Street Journal that was written yesterday by our buddy Eugene Kantorovich. Eugene Kantorovich is one of the leading legal scholars at George Mason Law School here in the United States as well as in Israel. I've had him on this program. I've had him on my Fox show as well. It's very short. It says, President Biden has declared a set of principles for Israel's role in post-Gaza. Quote, no forcible displacement of Palestinians from Gaza. No reoccupation, no siege or blockade, and no reduction in territory. Unquote. A fifth is not, is, a fifth number is implicit. No Jews in Gaza. That is, the Biden administration hasn't insisted that a future Palestinian government must allow Jews and Arabs to live side by side in peace as they do in Israel. No, they don't have to live side by side in peace. The Jews shouldn't be there. Because they love segregation, do the Democrats. The idea of Jews living in post-war Gaza, he writes, may seem improbable. But Gaza hasn't always been Jew-free. In modern times, a significant community existed as far back as the 1500s. In the late 19th century, while the region was under Ottoman rule, a new wave of Jews moved in and established a flourishing trade community. Most left after the Arab riots in 1929, when Israel recaptured Gaza from Egypt in 1967. Did you know any of this? Thousands of Jews moved there. And they moved back. Establishing the communities that came to be known as Gush Katif. Israel's army pulled out of Gaza in 2005, taking all the civilians with them. It's surely true that Jews couldn't live for long in post-war Gaza. Mr. Biden envisions under a revitalized Palestinian authority, quote-unquote, whatever that means. But that demonstrates that his vision isn't one of a peaceful, de-radicalization entity. Consider the story of Jews in Germany which committed the worst atrocities against Jews in history. After the war under Allied occupation and denazification, Germany became safe for Jews again. 15,000 Jews, many from Eastern Europe, decided to live in West Germany after World War II. They established organized communities and lived openly and safely among those who had sought to wipe them out years before. The German Jewish community has since grown to 120,000. The choice to live in Germany in the decades after the war was controversial among Jews. But it wasn't a death sentence. The Jewish communities in post-war Germany are emblematic of the country's transformation from a systemic aggressor to the anchor of European peace. Similarly, Austria, whose Jews were almost entirely murdered or deported, now has a vibrant Jewish community with multiple synagogues and kosher restaurants. Hell, we don't even have those in Virginia, Mr. Producer. Had the Germans turned on the Jews, settling there after the war has happened in Poland in, 1945, in 1946, rather, it's likely that the Allies wouldn't have been satisfied as quickly as they were that Germany was safe for the world. The U.S. and Israel agree that whoever rules Gaza after Hamas must make a clean break from the current terror gangs. The clearest test for whether that has been achieved is the same as it was in Frankfurt and Vienna after World War II where the Jews can actually establish communities there. 
That can be made possible only the way it was in Germany, by the prolonged control and indefinite security presence of the victorious army. The existence of safe Jewish communities in Gaza could eventually make Israel confident enough to withdraw. By contrast, as we've seen in recent months, if Jews aren't safe in Gaza, they won't be safe in Israel either. So, again, Biden is wrong. Once again, Biden is wrong. He's an idiot. And so is that idiot Blinken, his assistant. Very troublesome. Oh, good Lord. What if we lose the next election, Mr. Producer? I know. It's, 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 it's a thought you don't want to have, right? It's a thought you don't want to have, but it is a situation that, given the corruption and all the rest of it, given the propaganda and the, all the free media that the Democrats have to promote Hitler. But Mark, don't you dare talk about self-hating Jews. You gotta say Hitler. It's Hitler. You gotta say Hitler. And don't you dare criticize Wolf Blitzer. Even if you actually didn't mean to. But read that New York Times, baby. That New York Times, they covered up the Holocaust. All the news that's fit to print. Oh. Oh, and as for uh, the next coming saga, the budget. U.S. national debt tops $34 trillion for the first time in American history. I'm the host that probably is the only one that's been talking about this for years under the prior administration and this administration. And soon the interest on the debt, not the debt, that's... The debt is actually in the 300 trillions, just so you know. Obligations for Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid. Other obligations that this government has in the future. We've already mortgaged the future of the next generation and generations yet born. I don't know how they're going to live. I don't know what it's going to look like. It's going to be disastrous. The open border situation, you got to stay. Oh, we'll give them free, uh, free health care. What a complete utter, farcical, pathetic move. But Democrats are happy with it. They keep voting for these people. But the debt will be bigger than the defense, excuse me, the interest on the debt will be bigger than the defense budget. I warned about this four or five years ago. Not because I'm Nostradamus, but be I use my head. I read. And not just crap. There's a lot of that you have to go through until you get to the good stuff. That's the problem. Now, we're going to have a very interesting guest on the program. He's never been on the program before. He's a state representative from the state of Kansas. And uh, it involves convention of states. It involves our Constitution. And I want to highlight this. This is a red state, the state of Kansas. And I believe the number is now over 20 states, at least 20, but I think over 20 states have passed resolutions for a convention of states. Not a constitutional convention, a convention of states with very specific proposals, which still has to be ratified by three-fourths of the states. That's 38 state legislatures. It's all extremely difficult to do, but it really is the last great hope we have 
to address the re-engineering that's taken place in our constitutional republic. Washington is not going to do it. Uh, they are dug in. Has anybody heard from Mitch McConnell lately? Have we, Mr. Producer? No. No. Country's gone to hell. They're fighting over the border. They're fighting over the budget. We've got to get funds to our allies. We've got to get funds to our military. Nobody hears from Mitch McConnell. This is the problem with the Republicans. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Well, folks, welcome back. We have with us a Kansas State representative from the 114th District, Michael Murphy. How are you, sir? I'm very good, Mark. How's it going for you today? We're doing great. I read an article in the Topeka newspaper, so I want to uh, go through this generally with you because this is a program. I'm a host who believes strongly in Convention of States. Now, you support Convention of States, correct? I am a proponent of Article 5 uh, to help fix our country, absolutely. And you have a pretty significant majority in the House and the Senate there that supports it, correct? Yes, we do. We've, um, we've had it come up several, several years here, and it's always uh, passed uh, very well as far as the majority is concerned, but we've got a little problem here in Kansas with that. Now, I looked at these numbers. They're enormous, the votes. It's like two to one. In the Senate, two to one in the House, pretty much. Pretty close, right? Not close, yep. Huh? Now, the problem is, I won't get into the litigation because you're, you're advised not to get into it. That's perfectly fine by me, but we can still explain the issue. The problem is what, then? Why can't you guys get this passed? Well, back after, in the 70s, after Roe v. Wade, some... Um, I don't know what their intention was, but but they uh, they got a constitutional amendment passed that requires for any convention of states for uh, proposing amendments would require a two thirds vote of our House and our Senate, mm-hmm. and uh, we're the only state that, that has that restriction, and uh, it's in our constitution, and so we have been uh, stymied by that. So as I read the article, um, so that this part's public, the conflict here or the issue that needs to be resolved is, is this different, though? Because you're talking about having a convention of states to have a meeting to discuss whether or not to amend the federal constitution. You're not actually amending it through at this meeting Correct? Isn't that kind of the point? That's yeah. That, that's a that's a part of the issue is is that we uh, uh, like I said it's just a, a gathering to uh, throw out some ideas. Mm-hmm. So what court is this in now? You're uh, one of the plaintiffs. I, honestly, I, I honestly uh, it, it's federal, but I can't tell you uh, exactly. No, I don't mean what judge. So it's in a federal district court, I saw. And uh, right. And you're one of the plaintiffs, and uh, you have a state senator. Republican is also one of the plaintiffs, correct? That's correct. According to this article. Um, and that gentleman's name is Thompson? Yes, Senator Mike Thompson. 
Senator Mike Thompson. All right, so you're going to try and get this resolved. It says your U.S. District Court in Topeka last month. Do you have any idea when they're going to start the process of deciding this case, or who knows? Uh, that's, yeah, who knows? It was just filed, I think, on the 22nd of December. Okay. So, yeah, who, who knows? Uh, you know, the, the wheels of, <laughs> of litigation. <laughs> All right. And now what, what town are you from? I'm from a little town called Sylvia. It's uh, less than 200 people. <laughs> and I don't even live in town. We live out in the country. Okay, so it's your family, basically. Uh, so you live in a yeah. rural part of Kansas, obviously. Right. It's it's very rural. Of course, most of Kansas is rural. You know, so uh, my my district actually uh, covers uh, pretty much most of uh, three counties. You know, as an aside, I discussed this with my wife. She agrees that one day when I retire, because I can't do all this forever. You know that, Mr. Representative. One day when I retire... <laughs> I said, let us rent an RV, small one, and let's drive across the country and see these small towns. I am desperate to go to and see these small towns. I'm desperate to go to these towns with little main streets and maybe a diner or a grocery store or something. And that's what we're going to do. Isn't that a good idea? I think it's a great idea. And, and I'll, I'll one-up you on that. Actually, where we live, we actually have a bed and breakfast. Oh, really? And uh, if you... If you get in this part of the state, you holler at us, and we'll we'll put you up. Aren't you nice? But I really want to do that I'm, because, you know, I've, I've thought about it for probably 30, 40 years. I'm dating myself, but 30 or 40 years. I said, well, don't, don't, know, don't wait forever. <laughs> no, because forever ends, doesn't it? Uh, it listen, does. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a delight. I want to wish you all the best, um, and uh, maybe you'll, my producer will keep in touch with you, so... As this thing progresses, and there is more public information you can reveal, then we will reveal it here. Make Sounds sense? good. I appreciate it. And I, and I appreciate what you've done uh, for Article 5 over the years. You know, with, you started with your book, and you've got, you know, you've pushed it. you pushed it really well, and, and uh, we, we appreciate that, uh, that effort on your side. And the Convention of States group is one of the finest in the country, quite frankly. It's also one of the largest, but we, uh, we love those folks. So Mike Murphy... Kansas State Representative, 114th. I want the nation to know that you're one of the fighters there, along with your uh, senator friend, Mike Thompson from Shawnee. Now, I know where Shawnee is. Isn't that funny? Well, the, I know where Shawnee is. No, he's, yeah, he's, he's up in the, it's, it's in the Kansas City area. Yep. It's a suburb, yeah. All right, yep. very good. By the way, what are the Kansas City Chiefs? I got to say, they look better than my Eagles. They both stink, don't they? <laughs> We're not going to talk football. No, you're very diplomatic. <laughs> All right, I got it. All right, my friend. God bless you and the best to you in this effort. You too. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate Take care of yourself. You know, misery does love company, Mr. Producer. You've heard that line, haven't you? So I look at, you know, we Eagles fans are tough, but this is tough to stomach. I mean, I'm watching, I'm watching this game. And I have, there's several family members there. And I'm telling my family, hello, the middle's wide open on defense. The middle's wide open. I don't get paid to do this stuff. I'm just a regular fan. And, of course, what happens? They throw a little lob right in the middle of the field and nobody's there to stop the guy. It's like, what the hell's going on here? What's, the hell, what's going on here?
with these guys. The defense has collapsed. They get a lead, a good lead. So, Mr. Producer, I decided to take a nap. I take a nap, I wake up, and it's time! Ah. And all of you who aren't Eagles fans, those of you who are, you get it. Those of you who aren't fans, shut up already. All right, we'll be right back. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. So Joe Biden, uh, his face is burned from the sun. His face is burned from the sun. I think Joe Biden believes that his face is a solar panel, don't you, Mr. Producer? That it'll provide him with some more energy. He gets off this helicopter. His face is burned red. He looks like he's uh, he's in the movie Saturday Night Fever. You know, he, he doesn't have a tear. He's got his, like three buttons down with his chest showing. What's with this guy? We know he likes them young, too. The hair smelling and the touching. But what did you think I meant? There's like 14 women who've complained about this. There's photos everywhere. But don't worry, the media cover for the racist, segregationist. And the guy that likes to smell the hair of little girls. Nothing wrong with that, you know. Well, here's another one from the release documents I told you. Rather than spending three days talking about the existence of a list, we'll spend time talking about what's in the list. Technofog, really good site. Some more questioning. All right, if I were to ask you the question, how many times you had sex with Tom Pritzker? Do you know what that question means? I believe so. All right, and what is the answer to that question? I believe I was with Tom once. Who's Tom Pritzker? Aspen Strategy Group? Oh, let's go all to the Aspen Institute, Mr. Excuse me, it's the Aspen Strategy Group. He's also executive chairman of Hyatt Hotels Corporation. I won't be staying there anytime soon, will you, Mr. Producer? And uh, isn't he related to that slob who's the governor of Illinois? That's his brother? Brother Pritzker? It is the Aspen Institute. Is he a member of the prestigious Aspen Institute? Maybe he could be president of Harvard. You know, they can move things around a little bit. Something like that. There will be more that will be available. As I said, Alan Dershowitz, during this uh, testimony, the individual question said, absolutely not. She never had anything to do with him. When it came to Donald Trump, Absolutely not. She never even saw him at any of the Epstein locations. So that lie went on and on and on and on. God, don't you hate the media? Hate the media. Because they're not a free press. They're the opposite of a free press. All right, let's see here. We're actually going to go to some callers, if I may, and jump into the into the pool here, the gene pool. Let's see. Ralph! Ralph, Central Florida, the great WSKY. 
the Gainesville area, I assume. Ralph, how are you, sir? Not bad, Mark. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. Happy New Year. <laughs> you too, sir. I've got a, issue, a lot of issues I could talk to you about. Listen to your program so I've thought of a couple of more, but what I called about was I belong. Yeah. Uh, I, I have friends that belong to some Christian uh, groups that, uh, or in Central Florida, mm-hmm. and they've been talking the last month or so about the possibility of a martial law being declared next year in lieu of an election because Joe can't win an election. And I don't know if that has any credibility or not, but I was wondering. No, I don't, I don't think anybody's going to declare martial law, but I do think they're doing everything they can starting right now to interfere in this election. And, and not just the United States Department of Justice and not just Jack Smith, which is horrendous. But you have Democrat-controlled courts now in Wisconsin, in New York, and other places that are trying to change the districts, the congressional districts, in 2024. You're supposed to do this every 10 years. And the legislature is supposed to do it. So you have these activist Democrat courts. And they're going to try and blow out two or three Republicans out of New York and about two Republicans out of Wisconsin. This is the way this is done. You don't have to be, have a martial, you know, martial law or anything like that. You just keep destroying the system. That's why they don't want the Electoral College. That's why they don't want uh, voting identification. That's why they want after voting uh, voting. They call it harvesting, you know, like you're out in the field harvesting. Harvesting, they've got all kinds of tricks up their sleeves, and, the, uh, and, they, and, and, and that's what's happening right now. And so, step by step, this is taking place. So when you have people like Bill Barr and others say, I'm not aware of any, uh, any fraud or anything like that, can I have another French fry? Uh, they're just a joke. Because what's happening is the fraud is being institutionalized. Meanwhile, there's more and more reports coming out. People, I mean, a little here in Arizona, a little there in Georgia, a little here or there, a little there. Bits and pieces starting to come out about ballots, about uh, people filling out other people's ballots and so forth. That's why you don't see it on the news. But some sort of second-tier outlets are starting to talk about this stuff. It's not conspiracies. It's happening. It's out there. But my biggest fear is, like, again, they'll send in their ambulance chasing, slip-and-fall lawyers into these states. Wisconsin now is a Democrat Supreme Court uh, that is trying to change the, uh, the districts in Wisconsin. You had the same problem in North Carolina. A court there, again, trying to uh, uproot what took place in the legislature. And that's why that case out of Pennsylvania, you got me going here, buddy. That's why that case in Pennsylvania, Ralph, was so important, where they, uh, where they brought the case during the course of the election that you can't have governors or state Supreme Courts or any state courts or a board of elections making determinations on the election procedures when the Constitution specifically, specifically, and solely grants that authority to the state legislature. All right, my friend, uh, I have silenced you with my genius. Actually, I monopolized the time, but I got to go on. I apologize. Dario, Clearfield, Pennsylvania, XM Satellite. Dario, how are you? Oh, good, Mark. Yourself? Let me look. I'm doing great. Thank you. (laughs) Glad to hear you're all there. 
Uh, yes. Listen to you every night, and I think of questions from time to time. One that I've been rolling around in my head lately is, if the federal government wants to uh, fight the position that Texas is trying to enforce its own border, uh, what's to stop Texas from moving inward from the border, like right away on the shoulder of a road into their own property and sort of like eminent domain, build their own wall or make their own fence, despite the federal government's opposition? Well, it's an interesting point. Here's the problem. They have a very long border with Mexico. And the vast majority of its own is private property. You got ranchers down there. You got little towns along the border. You got some significant towns along the border. And the border is not just a flat, you know, a thousand miles of land. It's mountainous. It's got valleys. It's got rivers. It's got all this stuff going on. So it's a very complicated mess. But it's not something I would ignore what you suggest here, sir. It's something that they, they should consider. They need to consider whatever they can right now because... It's obvious the Democrat Party and Biden, with the support of the media, are destroying the country. You cannot allow millions of people into this country unvetted. You don't know anything about them. You don't know if they have diseases. You don't know if they have criminal records. You don't know if they're terrorists. You don't know a damn thing about them. Many of them are now on welfare. Many of the families they're staying with are on welfare. And so uh, it's not... As John McCain used to say, well, who's going to pick the lettuce? Yeah, we need about 14 million people here to pick lettuce. First of all, I don't care about lettuce. Anyway, sir, thank you for your call. Very good. Let's go to Trenton, New Jersey with the famous bridge where Trenton makes the world takes. Now, being a Philadelphian and having traveled over that bridge or by that bridge or taken a train next to that bridge, I've often said to myself, what does Trenton make exactly? Remember, they used to make those oyster crackers I used to love. The Trenton crackers, we used to call them. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Do they still do that, Joe? What else do they make? Well, we talked about it at another call with the great pizza they make there. But, Mark, I want to wish your wife yes, a, yes. A, 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 a quick recovery. And, Thank and, you. And also, I got to tell you, that call between you and your wife a couple of months ago, man, what a heartfelt call that was. Really, your wife is such a compassionate woman. The reason for my call, Mark... Let me just say this. Thank you. Because she's been in horrendous pain. And uh, she needed this operation. And she had a fantastic doctor at a fantastic hospital. Uh, But she's recovering, and it's a slow recovery. Anybody that's had a back operation or a neck operation, they understand what I'm talking about. But she's a very little lady... She had a massive operation when she was 19, and she's had another major operation. It's just been very, very painful, very difficult. So I want to thank you very, very much. Go right ahead. All right. I, well, two, two, two reasons for my call. Number one, boy, I'd love to see a coordinated effort between Fox, uh, Newsmax, and OAN to show that video. It just went, went on during that October 7th uh, raid on Israel. Maybe some, we'd have a show with a little bit more compassion uh, uh, towards Israel if they, had, if they can do that. It's the second I, I have no idea. I just do my own show there. I don't have any control over any of it. Understand. And by the way, I've always felt that with partial birth abortion. If people could see what actually happens to that baby, I think they would, they would revolt. And I think the media doesn't show that for a reason. They'll show anything and everything else. But you're right. Wouldn't it be nice 
were for but they were actually honest and they showed both of those videos so people could understand what the hell's going on anyway go ahead yeah and i noticed that donald donald trump kind of bulked up in his upper body area I got a feeling that there's been some credible threats towards his life, and he's wearing. Oh, you a mean vest. he's probably wearing a uh, a vest? Uh, yes. And I don't this- know that, but I'll bet you're right because I bet the threats against him are endless, endless. When you're calling somebody Hitler and Stalin and Mussolini, and that he's going to destroy the country and destroy democracy, and he hates Jews and blacks, and he hates uh, Latinos, and he's this. When you turn somebody into a non-human being and you turn them into something that's evil with your character assassination and nobody's ever seen anything like this directed at any individual in this country, let alone a presidential candidate or former president, you are 100% right. Somebody said the other day, I forget who it was, that they're concerned about an attack on Donald Trump. I believe I said that last year, did I not, Mr. Producer? I am very fearful of exactly that. And uh, unfortunately, some people are even rooting for that. It's as sick as it gets. All right, my brother. Thank you for... There were three great calls. Ralph, Joe, and Dario. I got to do this more often. After all, it's called talk radio. So I talk. It's not called telephone radio, is it, Mr. Blues? But maybe we will do more. I really enjoyed that. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Jake Tapper on CNN yesterday. Listen to this clown. And he's a clown show every day. Cut 15. Go. First of all, let's talk about our top story today. Trump's legal team is appealing the decision by Maine Secretary of State to try to remove him from the state's primary ballot. We've never seen anything like this. Um, Of course, we've also never seen a a president actually trying to foment uh, uh, violence at the Capitol to stop the counting of votes. This is why Jake is a fake and a fraud. What are you talking about? You know, you have a, a rogue regime, the Biden regime, with a rogue prosecutor. If what you're saying is true, Jake, he would be charged with sedition and insurrection. They don't have any proof whatsoever that he was trying to foment violence. Now, what, what Jack Smith is trying to do is to create the case without bringing the charge. That is, he's trying to say that everything Trump did was intended to do this, even though he's not charging him with this. The Klan Act, the Enron Act, the Federal Contractor Act. Does that sound like trying to foment violence at the Capitol? No, it doesn't. And he didn't. And you're a liar. With that big Hamas mouth of yours spewing their statistics. You see, for somebody like Jake Tapper, there's a moral equivalency. You've got the Israeli Jews fighting in Gaza, surrounded by an enemy, surrounded by a population that supports that enemy and has. You can't build miles and miles of underground infrastructure like a New York subway system without help. Where does all the sand go? Where does all the... Where does all the dirt go? What kind of equipment's being used? You're doing it under homes and under, and under mosques and under hospitals. Oh, I see. 
and they're shooting people, Hamas, women, in their vaginas. And the moral equivalency with the Jews who are trying to avoid all of that if they can. This is Jake Tapper. He's disgusting. He's a self-hater. Salute to all you heroes. Thanks for being here. I'll see you tomorrow. God bless. God bless.